it's not going to go as it is. Uh, so, yeah, I'm here with Stephen Brett. Uh, many of you will know him as a member of the Mojo Fins, uh, Brighton Mainstay for many years, released uh, a number of critically acclaimed albums. The Mojo Fins is no more, is that right? Or no, is it, is uh, it on no, long-term hiatus? No, I think it's definitely, it's, <laughs> it's, it came to an end in 2014. So yeah. Uh, yeah. And by largely mutual consent, um, I can, I think I can afford myself a bit of pride looking back now. That wasn't always afforded when you're kind of in the midst of it all, but um, no. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a big thing for you, wasn't it? It was, a, it was, a, it was a, a band with a lot of ambition and, um, and you did a lot, you know, but it, as you say, it's uh, at least you've got that legacy, haven't you? You've got that, I, you've got I that repertoire all... and that catalogue that you can yeah, say, yeah, I did yeah, that. Totally. That was me. And maybe for <laughs> infuriatingly for some people, perhaps I wasn't. I never. I guess I was ambitious, but I never really. I always worked outside of music and worked in quite challenging environments outside of music, and that always ran in tandem. And yeah, I think the fact that we released records and were played on radio around the world and Glastonbury and there were lots of real highlights and going to Rockfield four or five times. Really? Four or five times? Yeah. The legendary Rockfield Studios in Wales, yeah. Yeah, yeah all of that kind of... Bohemian Rhapsody and yes. Black Sabbath and... Exactly, we used that very piano <laughs> that apparently was uh, the Bosendorfer, yeah. um, Freddie himself, mm. uh, played on. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. It we had a, a nice run. You've got an EP coming out quite soon. Uh, Things Have Changed, written by yourself, and uh, also features Paul Pascoe on bass. Paul Pascoe runs the Church Road Studios in Hove, which is quite a well-known uh, local studio, and uh, Sharna Glasson is involved, multi-instrumentalist. Um, a lot of people know her in this area, the Brighton area, but um, of particular note is that she's been working with Nick Cave, Quite a lot in the last few years, on and off, here and there. And then Nick Van Vlanderen, is that how you say his name? I always uh, mispronounce the name. Uh, Nick <laughs> insists on just calling him Nick VV. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's, I'll, I'll make an attempt. I think it's Von Vlanderen. Okay, all right. Um, and I probably messed that up. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's on drums. He's, he's on drums, he's extraordinary. Yeah. As is Charlotte, probably easier to list the instruments that Charlotte doesn't play. Yeah, it was really lovely to finally do something together. So tell me about this then, tell me about the EP. What, what um, obviously you're, you're in, you love writing, don't you? Writing is, music is something that you've always liked doing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you've obviously got this need to do it, this passion, yeah. <coughs> uh, fitting in with your work commitments and, mm -hmm. so, and so forth. But uh, yeah, tell me about, um, tell me about this and maybe you know, how maybe the working with, with the Mojo Fins and other projects has kind of informed where you are now. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair thing to say, that songwriting just kind of is still very much part of my life, as it was back in the period where we had a band. And, and then I suppose post-2014 and our disbandment, yeah, I just continued to write. So yeah, probably amassed about 30 songs a year since then and they're all kind of sat in notebooks and yeah. boxes on shelves and yeah but I, essentially I, I stopped playing live and um, worked my way back slowly and did a bit of work at Church Road met Paul 
as you mentioned. But then I think also started to say yes to some other things as well. Um, I think one of the brilliant things about the Mojo Fins was that we all pretty much grew up together. And, and I think that, that that's something quite potent about that, but it can become very insular as well. So it was always probably just the four of us. Yeah. Um, and my good friend John included before his untimely passing. Um, but yeah, so I said yes to being a guitar player for, for a bit as well, just and, and, and hadn't really thought I'd go back to kind of live singing and fronting something. But I, I joined Paul's band Beat Hotel on guitar, which was great fun. And continues to be, um, and we were released a record with Beat Hotel, so that's Paul's band with his um, long-term friend Arash yeah. to Rabi. That's kind of there, the nucleus of the band, really. But yeah, that was great fun. Um, Dave Morgan plays drums. Um, some people will know Dave um, from the Weather Prophets oh, yeah. and the Loft, yeah. and he played on Sonic Flower Groove, the first Primals record. Okay. Really legendary, lovely, lovely person. So that just ultimate fun, really, and very low pressure for me. It was just mm. sort of stood, stood in the shadows yeah. playing lead guitar. Um, yeah, and then that kind of led into doing a little bit of a duo thing with Paul, uh, where I did start singing live again um, at our friend's night, Bleeding Hearts Club, which is on hiatus. But Chris Davies. Chris Davies right? yeah. and, and my good friend, um, Davey Pennington, who has an extraordinary record waiting in the wings. I think that's out in March. Um, yeah, and then I suppose things kind of coalesced around a live band then, and some of the songs I'd amassed kind of worked their way into the band that you mentioned previously with Nick and Otter yeah. and Paul on bass. Um, and then I got reacquainted with Tom from Electric Soft Parade and yeah. got asked to join Electric Soft Parade live band, that particular iteration um, around that extraordinary record of their stages yeah the plan had been to tour that we had dates in france and uk booked and that was just as we went into lockdown yeah so um that was kind of that's kind of a bit of a pen picture really of where yeah. i've been at um that didn't come to pass unfortunately i hope i hope they do get back to mm. to playing that record live it really is it's great an extraordinary yeah. really piece good. of art life affirming I also had the good fortune then to meet Robert White, who was playing bass in that iteration of the live software band, and he's become a really, really good friend. I love him dearly, and um, he kind of convinced me to send some bits and pieces that I had been working on to him, all of which are really kind of folk finger-picked songs, yeah. and we've ended up sort of starting a, a record together. Okay, yeah. Which, um, one of those tracks may or may not be aired for the first yeah. time uh, on, on this show so yeah that's kind of that and then the EP really um, stems from SJ Brett my yeah. band so um, Robert White just for those who don't know is um, you yeah, know has been making music for a long time and has been in some notable bands including uh, Levitation Levitation sorry Levitation and then um, Milk and Honey Band and the Milk and Honey Band songwriter and singer and polymath of, of them yeah and that record Songs from Truly Hill. Which um, is his recent one. Yeah, the most recent one yeah. really yeah, had a massive impact on me and yeah. continues to. So, yeah. Yeah, he's just another, you know, consummate songwriter, isn't he? He's, he's amazing. Just, yeah, he just absolutely. Writes lovely songs all he really the time. Does. <laughs> yeah, he really deeply affecting yeah. stuff. And yeah, so that that's kind of what I've been doing of late. And that's just a really lovely slow burn project that we, we return to. So, I really hope that record will come out. 
Um, so what is folk music to you then? Oh, goodness. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite a broad term. I mean, only in the sense that I, I sort of ascribe that to this project because it is essentially based around um, one guitar. Yeah. Often finger picked. So I guess it has that, that, that kind of association yeah. with more English pastoral stuff. Yeah. Uh, my voice. And Robert's kind of added some really minimalistic but melodic and beautiful piano. Yeah. Yeah. But the EP uh, really sort of draws on those boxes of songs, really. Yeah. Um, and it's great that it's coming out. I believe it's out on the 25th of March. Mm -hmm. So that'll be the first release, really, for me since Mojo Fins. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange in a sense because the songs are quite, some of them quite old. But there'll be three tracks on that EP. Four track, there's a, an extended mix of yeah. things have changed. But yeah, I think it kind of hangs together pretty well. I mean, I think it sort of concerns itself with notions of displacement and identity and alienation. The first song, Things Have Changed, you've got two versions of that, Radio Edit and the full mm. version. Yeah, but I think that particular song, um, I think it's heart and soul, really, if I can be so grand... It concerns my parents and their displacement from Belfast in 1972 and yeah. coming to Brighton, you know, without putting too much emphasis on their experience. But, you know, it's important for me that uh, in terms of my own identity to acknowledge the fact that they, they left because they had to. Yeah. Like many, like many people. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I suppose growing up in Brighton, the four of us, my brother Patrick included, yeah, we were connected to the Irish community, but I think there was always that thing of vague outsider mm. status and yeah. trying to reconcile that and with a family that were across the water and a hankering, I suppose, to go back, which I did in the end. I went back yeah. um, in my late teens. So, uh, yeah, the, the, their experience is very much within that song. And I suppose there's references to my son, who I took back there, about five years ago, it just, it, it really was influenced by that. Um, so their displacement, my own self-identity, which is weird because it's sort of kind of culturally ripped quite large at the moment, even though the song two years old, you know, um, they, they went to see the film Belfast. Yeah. I think really deeply affecting for them. So yeah. really that, that, that song kicks it off. And, and I think thematically, the, the next two songs touch on similar themes, albeit concerning different people or different ideas. So, okay, so the next song is called Fear Factory. And uh, there are actually with Fear Factory and your little England, actually, I do sense there's um, a little bit of folkiness, actually, in those songs. Your little England, yeah, again, really stripped back. So it's essentially a, a, an acoustic, yeah. a bass, and Charlotte plays some flute and violin on that particular song. And that particular song definitely influenced by two very dear friends in particular. And I think it's funny because it feels like it's... So it was written post-Brexit almost immediately. I don't know whether it's got relevance now. I guess it probably does um, because we're still in the midst of what that means, I think, in many respects. Yeah. But really the themes are their experience of post-Brexit limbo. They're no longer in Brighton, actually. They, 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 they've been here for 20-plus years. They, they now live in Bavaria. And, um, but they yeah, decided I think to leave because of... Yeah, because of that England, limbo. Uh, UK left. And I think that limbo that lots of yeah. EU citizens or UK nationals um, 
European heritage felt yeah. at that time. And so it's their experience within that song. And I think it's um, the, the book, there's a book called In Nimbo. So Brexit text testimonies from EU citizens. It's by Elena Ramigi, well worth a, a, a whom one of the one of the people who I who, who I kind of reference the experience in the song helped edit that particular book. But I think you know there's there's sort of touchstones in there. It sort of it references the uh, the Powell River of Blood speech. It, it's also really influenced by some of the the journalism that occurred pre and post Brexit particularly that of Fintan O'Toole, a writer of some extreme talent, and his book, uh, Heroic Failure, Brexit and the Pol- Politics of Pain. And just that he sort of, uh, he, he puts over an argument that, uh, that, you know, there was probably a sizable amount of people that voted for Brexit um, that did so with ties to this cult of heroic failure that the Anglosphere allowed for. And these kind of notions of self-pity as well. He positions self-pity as a, a pleasurable experience, yeah. um, one in which we all go through, essentially um, predicated on this idea that we feel it because we're not given what we deserve. Yeah. And I think a lot of people possibly felt that post-Second World War. We didn't get the, 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 the spoils and the riches that we, we did through that, that suffering. There's, hopefully it ties together those things. I mean, it's all very mm. grandiose. And I don't pretend to know the arguments for or against in an economic sense. No. At all. Still, I don't think any of us know. No, exactly. We? I mean, the stuff I would read would suggest maybe fisheries and agriculture. Yeah. Haven't have you ever tried haven't... to understand the fishing industry? Or it's like no, more complex I than have, I have nuclear fished, physics. As I've well fished as I in my see. life, but yeah. not, not um, on a, a farming level yeah. or, or uh, had to rely on it as an income. But... It feels like the promised land. Yeah, I don't understand the economic arguments about it, but it really, that song really is about the experience of two very dear yeah. people. Again, thematics of displacement. Can I mention one of these people? Mm. I mean, one of them is Adam. Well, actually, yeah, so, who yeah, used to be no, in, in the Major yeah. Fins. You know, so, yeah, band-wise. Adam and his wife, Pia. So, yeah. Um, they are the people of which I, that's what that song really concerns itself with, and they were the first people I played it to. But I think it's about the sociological and psychological impact of something. Yeah. And I wouldn't, you know, I don't want to get preachy. No, and, no. Uh, but, you know, that, I felt compelled to write something. Of course. And, uh, it's a big thing for all of us. Yeah. For everybody. And we, yeah. you know, particularly for those who felt strong ties, you know, our, our neighbours, our cousins mm. and so forth. And uh, yeah. even just in simple terms like music, you can see how that's had a massive effect on a lot of lesser known um, musicians or lesser resourced who are struggling to do make a living because yeah. they can't travel to Europe so easily or, or there's so many bureaucratic issues associated with it. Well, I think the arts is always um, the last thing that gets thought about. I mean, let's be honest, I think it's been absolutely di- disastrous. Yeah. <laughs> On if, that level alone. <laughs> and um, I know, yeah, lots of touring musicians that have had that made it so much harder but then, of course, we went into the pandemic, and yeah, I think that's been, been masking. That's obscuring, yeah. I think it has obscured quite a lot of stuff. And, There's a lot yeah. to still play out. And, and then the other song is Fear Factory. Yeah, I, it's important to, I suppose, spell out the fact that I'm responsible for delivering services to rough sleepers in the city. Yeah. have been for 21 years now, which is always run in tandem. There's a lot of um, themes in this particular song about psycho history of the Tory party and its ties to 
eaten and mm. the one-upmanship and the lack of nuance in debate, which weirdly I think has only been amplified through yeah. recent times, uh, filtered through a sort of Trumpian <laughs> influence of debate. Um, but yeah, really around the DWP cuts that occurred under a Cameron government, um, the real-life impact that I noticed for yeah. my service users, etc. people I know. But this sort of like frustration about the constant massaging of um, th- that impact really through overly yeah. worded rhetoric and, and I suppose at the risk of sounding like um, an A-level sociology student. I was one at one point a long time ago, so I can own that. But yeah, this kind of like need for f- continual fragmentation. And, mm-hmm. and so yeah, Maybe cat-handed, maybe not, but that's where that song sits. And musically it's kind of interesting because I think... Um, that's where Charlotte really comes. Uh, her, her, her playing on that track, particularly, I, I, I really, mm. I adore. <laughs> Are you thinking about performing live at any point? I mean, I'd really love to return to the the live band setup. It would be really lovely. Um, Charlotte's throwing her hat into the ring. Yeah. So that would be great, you know, yeah. to hear those songs live with yeah. her input. And then the folk stuff. I mean, conceivably, I could just do that yeah. with a guitar. You never know. So. Thank you for taking the time and um, well done and uh, really enjoyed hearing uh, that AP and I'm looking forward to hearing the new project as well with Robert soon, hopefully. Okay, awesome. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jeff.